Hey there, I'm Scott Mitchell, the editor of Schwartz Media's daily news show, 7am. This is the Weekend Read. Every fortnight on the show, we feature the best writing in Australia, read to you by the people who wrote it. Today on the show, author and founder of AIM, the Australian Indigenous Mentoring Experience, Jack Manning Bancroft, with his piece from a recent edition of the Saturday paper. Originally published on the day of the referendum for an Indigenous voice to Parliament, Jack's piece is a statement on the continuing power of Indigenous knowledge systems despite the long shadow of a failed referendum outcome. Through the Indigenous Knowledge Systems Lab, the thinking and historic wisdom of First Nations people is being embraced in an effort to seek solutions to the challenges we face today. Jack will read his story, The Indigenous Knowledge's Systems Lab, after a short conversation. Jack, you begin your piece with a description of watching king parrots with an uncle and, and wondering about the sort of knowledge systems and, and how that intrinsic knowledge is formed. I wonder if there was a formative moment for you in your research more broadly in, in your previous work where you sort of realised the significance of Indigenous knowledge systems and their ability to make change in our current world. Yeah, I think when I got smashed together with Tyson Young Porter about three years ago, and and up until that point, I'd, you know, we'd taken aim globally about seven years before that, and there was a lot of confusion as to why we would look at a whole world together for this project that had worked so effectively for Indigenous kids in Australia. And what I kept looking at was like, hang on a minute, there's like eight billion people, and inequity is all of us, and it's our relationship with all these other species, and our way out of inequity in Australia is. It's on a global stage, if we can have that relevance. When I met Tice, I was like, oh, systems thinking, yeah, that's what I do. So feeling comfortable as well that you can operate in different um, spaces and places. And and then he set up an Indigenous Knowledge Systems Lab, which um, I joined at the start with Chelsea, Dr. Chelsea Marshall and John Davis and Josh Waters. And it's just been one of the most amazing jam session places to play out in because every week we're jumping into some gnarly challenge and what feels really beautiful is we don't have to trade on our culture for entertainment or our um, history or our stories or our trauma but we're actually looking at those processes of design to then face out and and that becomes deeply emancipating because then you're yeah you're just playing in a, in a really rich way. And Jack, your piece was originally published on the day of the vote of the uh, Voice to Parliament referendum, and, and in some ways it spoke to voters at the ballot box at that time and, and to the power of what that vote meant. But critically in your piece, you write that the ballots close, life doesn't. How do you reflect on the importance of Indigenous knowledge systems in the light of that referendum result now? We're in this like quantum disruption and so the challenge in looking at the referendum after the effect is that it's a total network breakdown and the network breakdown of communication means that it's really hard to work out what the intention is behind everybody's decisions um, and so you get this huge dislocation. What still holds in its essence is that we have the longest lab in human history on our continent and What's hard to dig into the data is, you know, with a progressive no vote and all these other dislocated sort of protest votes, you're not quite sure on the other side 
what it means. And so we've got a bunch of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that we've come across in the last like you know month or so have been so devastated and feel like Australia doesn't care about them. And I think the window through all of this is getting out of the reductive run to the bottom of like the worst possible scenario and grabbing those threads of like, you know, of quantum capacity that we have and and seeing whether it's a yes or a no vote, what are we going to actually do to then design the most effective systems that we need? And yeah, it's I think it's a really tough time for democracy. And there's a guy, you know, I think with the creation of of Facebook and and that dislocation over the last 20 years, we'll look back at this period of communication and and hopefully it'll be a, a real anomaly time for us to understand how we broke down and we lost the fourth estate, we lost our guides, we lost our shepherds. And when you lose your guides and your shepherds, then you end up in these places where it's really hard to discern intelligence from intent, uh, from noise. And I just hope that for everybody that believes that we can have the healthiest possible lives, that we don't look at that data set as the only input because there's heaps and heaps and heaps of uh, progress that has been made and heaps of capacity for more progress. And the most devastating thing would be that if we gave up and, and lost the momentum because of the dislocation of that particular complicated moment in Australian history. And when you say that data set, do you mean sort of like where those votes ultimately went, you know, the percent of Australians who voted? When you talk about that, do you mean sort of look, see that as a data set, but not the only data set when it comes to figuring out a path forward here for, you know, Indigenous people, for Australians, for all of us? Yeah, I think the, uh, like the hero's journey is a really dangerous thing to dig into, to look at the, you know, the power of one person. And it's also critical. You know, I was talking to this amazing guy over in Wales during the week who, they're working on the Earthshot project through the Prince of Wales Foundation, and they've worked out that you need 2% of a population to then move the idea of the future into reality. You need 2% at the beginning. And then of that 2%, you need 2% of the 2% to be the main activators, which works out roughly to be 12 12-year-olds. And when you start to think about it in that lens, we've got definitely more than 12 12-year-olds that are on the march towards integrating you know, more complexity and richness and intelligence into the Australian landscape and the global landscape. And it hurts change. It's hard. It's complex. Um, and when we when we throw it into this unbelievably horrifying mashup of um, this identity goop advertising platform that that holds all our information and then wins from us arguing against each other and then sells more ads, of course we end up with like really disgusting, complicated, messy results because we're making like sausages all the time with democracy. And it's it's sort of, you know, watching Parliament live is sometimes disturbing, but at least you see the people um, and you see their bodies and you see the reaction of what they do to each other. Seeing this sort of faceless movement is really disorienting and dislocating and particularly for a generation that never grew up with it, you know, and I think that's what's so important for those of us that have had some efficacy and learning around these the difference between platform effect, network effect, communication effect, and then the actual idea, um, and then how dislocated that that course can be along the way. And yeah, it's a, it's definitely a time, um, and I'm deeply hopeful that we can find a way to at least reinstate some safer spaces for 
dialogue around complexity and that we just don't scream at each other because that'd be a shitty ending to the human race. And um, just finally, Jack, you've recently launched Imagination, which looks to expand pretty significantly on what AIM has built so far in what you call a new digital country. Can you tell us a bit more about the project, what its goals are, what you're hoping to achieve? Yeah, we've just tried to build an alternative network into the internet um, that can ideally draw on the best of us. Uh, So it's sort of, it's a rich system, it's a network of networks, it's like properly a country, like we built visas, we built all these pathways, and really what we wanted to build was an economy for trade between people inside and outside the margins globally, and having a meeting place which was focused on knowledge, not on mining our information and selling it on, building our knowledge together and then trying to, from that knowledge output, activate pathways of exchange for opportunities and for movement of that knowledge. It's been a really, it's already been two weeks of it being open and and we're sort of focusing on trying to grow at the rate of relations, so letting it really grow slowly. We're starting with 50 custodianship visas and then um, in six months' time we go to action visas and we've mapped out the full 10-year life cycle of the nation. We're killing it from the outset, um, so we've learnt from what we've seen with the modern social networks of how unruly and how massive they can get and how ungovernable they can get. And so we've set this intentional death date to then work with nature and then all the IP from imagination is going to go back to nature to try and re-establish songlines. So it's a, it's sort of the culmination of 20-plus years of our thinking and then all of these other rich thinkers from around the world who have, who have sort of you know co-designed this platform to try and give us hopefully the best of the internet and a space that we can really accelerate some significant change in this really critical design decade for us. Awesome, Jack. I uh, can't wait to listen to you read your piece. Thank you so much. Coming up after the break, Jack Manning Bancroft will read The Indigenous Knowledges Systems Lab. The Indigenous Knowledge Systems Lab. Broke, fixed, we move, we think, we now and again stop and listen. An uncle, knowledge holder, system thinker, law holder, shepherd, custodian, translator, and I were sitting together a few weekends back. We were watching birds. He said to me, tell me, how does that King Parrot know how to follow the other one on the same route even though it's 30 minutes later and the first king parrot's out of sight. Do they smell the pheromones? Is it vibrational? Is it memory, generational patterns? What happens when one parrot changes course? Is it because of the weather, of the context shifting? We sat and watched and listened to the birds sing. After we listen, do we know? No. That takes maybe forever. A constant dance between you and me, between us all, sense-making. Today we vote. It could be a fast moment for you, but if you want, it can be a forever knowledge moment. The ballots close. Life doesn't. I sat in the Indigenous Knowledge Systems Lab recently with Tyson Yunkaporter, Josh Waters, Jody Edwards and John Davis. The space looks at the big challenges in our lives today as flaws in the way systems are designed, everything from nature finance to landlessness. We look for solutions through an Indigenous lens, combining the world's oldest lab with modern consulting strategy. In this session, we were looking at misinformation, 
thinking about lemonade curing headaches, about intentional times when knowledge is held back, about other times when a story is used to see who is for real. Today when you vote, and then tomorrow when you wake, the question I want to ask is the question the elders I've met smell out when they meet me. What will you do with the knowledge that is shared? Will you use it for your own hero moment? Will you take it into labs and then take it out of context? Will you run away and never come back? Maybe you'll not use it, but dance with it, like a piece of paper in the wind between your hands floating, magically holding a plane of wind in a space of time. Your hands, the energy, the paper, the thread of an old tree. Maybe the knowledge will help you know more, help you be more intelligent. Maybe, just maybe, you and I will realise there is no you, only us, us all. 8 billion people, 7 million species, 20 billion billion animals. Maybe when we vote, we think, hey, I say yes to knowledge, to the hands of this very, very long lab of human history reaching out in spite of the many, 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 many times that people in this nation have taken that knowledge and used it the wrong way. That maybe today, maybe today, we open another door, a deeper door to knowing, to being in relation. Maybe that shirt you wear, if it is a yes shirt, maybe that shirt becomes a symbol that you see the climate challenges and are saying yes to Indigenous systems thinking coming to the front of the design queue. And maybe the yes is something you are saying to yourself. Yes to me not being the expert who knows everything. Maybe the yes is you saying, hey, other humans, hey, other animals, I don't want to be stuck in this transactional loop anymore. I don't want to be stuck in these network platforms that are advertising funnels that distract and divide. I don't want to feel so alone when I'm meant to be connected. Maybe the yes is you saying, Indigenous people of Australia, help us. Help us find our way to where we are meant to be as a species, back to being custodial in our relations, to being in between all the species, between then and now, between life and death, between today and tomorrow. Help us design systems that can unleash the intelligence of everything everywhere, all at once. Help us find that joy, help us find that peace, help us know. Our plan after the vote happens is to launch a new digital country, a relational network called Imagination, which has grown out of our work of the past two decades mentoring young adults. It's a network of networks shifting humanity from transactions to relations, drawing intelligence from outside the margins. It will be a lab to help repattern ourselves to shape the systems, change projects and tools to solve the challenges of our time in this critical decade. The genius of imagination comes in large part from the crew in the Indigenous Knowledge Systems Labs. With the 25,000 Indigenous kids we've kicked it with over the past 20 years as we've been sharing knowledge with thinkers and systems leaders around the world, we know this nation. We know its soul. We are going to be a stronger resource for national productivity if we are brought to the front of the consulting queue, the front of the design queue. We don't need these big consulting groups with their big logos and their bigger phallic buildings hailing from overseas and showing us how many cities they've conquered. You and me, we need that uncle who knows how to speak to the birds and we need him more than 200 years ago. Maybe your yes is, hey uncle, help us learn through the birds how to live on this earth before we burn ourselves to pieces. Maybe you just like to be happy. Maybe you like joy. Maybe you like magic and deep song. Maybe you want to weave and laugh and flow and enjoy life. We've got you. We've got that in abundance too. Maybe this moment allows you to see the grace of these old people, 
these aunties and uncles of this nation who shepherded Grandmother Moon and Grandfather Sun, who see us and have been waiting for when we are ready for them to share the knowledge we really need. And maybe, just maybe, today we are ready. And you know what? If the vote isn't a yes today, it is a yes when you say yes. That moment can be forged together. If you are willing to then act to shift where we place our intelligence, to call on our Indigenous people as designers for all systems, not just as cultural consultants, as translators to all species, not as translators back to ourselves, to trade in our intelligence, not in never-ending self-fulfilling despair narratives, to move intelligence back to us economically, to value our doctors, our mappers, our law people and our ability to shepherd custodial economies. Maybe this yes is the yes we need in this desperate decade. Maybe, just maybe, we ain't broke. We are rich. We just haven't valued the richest resource this nation has. The oldest continuous surviving design knowledge lab on Earth. MIT Media Lab, which is considered one of the most influential thought leadership and design labs on Earth, shaping systems, values and economies by fusing unlikely connections, is like me, only 38 years old. Surely if we want the intelligence for the next century and beyond, we should be looking back to 60,000 years for the design ideas of the next century. Let's make our yes an economic yes in our homes, our workplaces, our local, our state, our federal governments. Let's fuse it into our teams, our departments, our classrooms, our lessons. Let's look at how we bring Indigenous knowledge to the base of the economic pyramid. That will be the greatest emancipation we can hope for for every single human being and every single animal on Earth. That is the prize. We move, we think, we now and again stop and listen, and maybe we know. I wrote this article on the day of the referendum in Australia, but every single day, every single moment, you have an opportunity for a referendum around design around where you'll place the intelligence of these knowledge systems and the opportunities of what we can build for tomorrow. To hear more Weekend Reads, you can subscribe to The Weekend Read in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.